Well, good morning, New City Church. We're so grateful to have you worshiping with us together online, wherever you might be today across our city, even across the country. We're grateful to be together. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice, and we're really glad in it. We want to start this morning with some announcements, some family news for our church. And first and foremost, we want to connect with you, especially during this time. We want to know what we can be praying for you about. We want to know how we can serve you. So if you have a specific prayer request or you have a specific need, I want to invite you to let us know about that. There's a couple of different ways you can do that. If you have the app, you can open that and go to the prayer request or to the connect form and fill that out and turn it in. You can do so on the website as well. You can send us a letter um, in the mail. You can do it that way, of course. Uh, You can also email us, and we've set up an account, pastor at newcity.us, pastor at newcity.us, and we'd love for you to email me and let me know what we can be praying for you about. If you have a specific need right now, if you can't get out, if you need someone to run an errand for you or do something, we'd love to help meet that need. So would you please email me, pastor at newcity.us, and would love to, to engage with you and help you however we can. New City, let me add my welcome to Chris's. It's great to be with you this morning in a very different way, but we're actually excited about it because we know New City is now scattered throughout the city in homes and apartments and really praying to see how God moves through New City, continue our mission as a church. So we recognize it's different, but it's great to be with you. It is great for us to continue to worship our God together in our homes and in our apartments. New City, I also want to say a huge thank you to you. Last week, we did a food drive to work with our partners throughout the city, specifically Idlewild and Gladale. You were able to give a lot of food and enough to fill 160 grocery bags to impact families with our partners. So just a huge thank you to you. I'd encourage you to continue to check back to our webpage specifically for serve opportunities and giving opportunities uh, during this time, newcity.us slash serve now, newcity.us slash serve now. Head there for other opportunities we'll be rolling out in the future, as well as opportunity to give. Uh, We're working with For Charlotte right now, an organization we've been with since the beginning of the organization. For Charlotte seeks to bring churches together, and they are actually working with our city and our city officials in a response fund. So check that out as well. I just want to echo what RJ just said. Thank you so much, New City family, for your heart to serve and to give, and now more than ever, uh, that's coming through. And so we're just, we're so grateful for that, and we have just been so blessed, even in this past week, to see the ways that you're giving and serving and look forward to seeing the church be the church uh, going forward. And as RJ said, we'll continue to post more opportunities for ways to serve uh, and to give. I know many of you are wondering what's going to happen beyond March 31st in terms of worship gatherings. We've suspended all of our gatherings across our campuses for the remainder of this month. And we're going to be making decisions for the month of April, probably in this coming week. So I would ask that you would pray for us, just pray for wisdom, pray for for trust as we meet together. And we'll be announcing those uh, um, decisions in the next week or so. So please stay tuned and keep up with um, our emails and things that we're sending out because we're going to be making an announcement about that uh, probably in the next week or so. And would, would candidly just ask for your prayers as we walk through an uncertain time, uncharted territory. We're just trusting God to lead and guide us every step of the way. And we're talking a little bit about giving to our partners and giving to our city. I just want to take a moment to talk about giving to New City. I just want to let you know we continue to be on mission, uh, a purpose-driven church that seeks the, the lost in our city and our world. And, and I just want to again say thank you. You're already a generous congregation. 
We know times are changing financially for many of you. Many of you might be able to give more, but there might be plenty of you who are end up giving less or differently during this time, and we know that. We want to update you, and we're going to continue to update our financial situation on our app every week so you'll be able to kind of see where we are and promise to continue to be really good stewards of the resources you and God entrust to us. Also, if you regularly give during the offering on a Sunday morning at any of our campuses, we realize that's different and not an opportunity. We'd encourage you to go online, sign up for online giving, again, one time or recurring, and we'd be grateful uh, that you'd have the opportunity to do that for us as well as a church. We're going to pause and pray for that offering, pray for your generosity, pray for what God's going to do through our church, again, through homes, through families, through friends. Thank you, New City. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we stand here and we recognize that you are God and we are not, that you saw this coming and we're reacting. I pray for your grace and decisions everyone is having to make in this new normal for this next season. You're a generous God that pours so much out upon your people. I pray that we're able to use what you and trust us with to be a light in the city of Charlotte, in our world, and around the globe. Father, I want to say a special prayer for all the new city folks on the front lines of this epidemic. Our doctors, our nurses, our first responders, Father. Stepping out every day, regardless of the impact on them. We pray for them, give them energy, give them rest. Increase their faith during this time. May we support them as they go about serving so many people. And Father, we do pray for giving. We pray that you give us wisdom on how to use resources, uh, whether that be financial or time or other physical things that we can give, Father. Use us. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, New City Church. We are so glad that we can come together this way this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all your circumstances. For this is the will of God and Jesus Christ for you. I just want to draw your attention to the fact that God is not asking us to give thanks today for our circumstances, but he's asking us to give him praise in our circumstances. So we want to invite you this morning to join us as we sing these songs and give praise to our mighty Father in heaven. Come let us worship our King. Come let us bow at his feet. He has done great things. Savior is done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You're free every captain and break every chain. Great things, we dance in your freedom. Awake and 
The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb. stop the Lord Almighty. Now who can stop the Lord Almighty? Now who can stop the Lord Almighty? Now who can stop the Lord? Pray with me. Gracious Father, we ask that you would remove from our hearts any notion of self-sufficiency. Remove any way we are trying to control our circumstances. Help us, O oh Lord, to trust you and to cling to you. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Most High. Help us to hear you speak to us this morning and to trust you more. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning to each of you again, New City. So grateful to be able to gather together and worship in this way. And I want to start with a big thank you for everyone who is working so hard to make these worship services possible. Uh, 
uh, many production team members who you can't see right now, but who are working behind the scenes to make it possible for us to gather all across the city, indeed, even the country uh, for worship together today. So a, a big thank you to each of them. And I want to encourage each of you to continue tuning in, uh, watching the broadcast, gathering together as families uh, to, to watch and to participate in worship. It's so important that we continue to gather together in this way, and we're grateful for the gift of technology to do so. So we'll be continuing to broadcast our weekend worship services uh, right where you're watching right now, so make plans to do so on a regular basis. And also, we're going to be having our Wednesday night prayer meetings on a regular basis in this season. So make plans to join us this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. right where you're watching right now uh, to gather for prayer as we pray for all kinds of needs and things throughout the city and for needs in our church. It's a special time for us to come together and to worship and pray during the week. If you haven't already done so, I want to encourage you to download the New City Church app. You can find it wherever you get your apps for your Android device, your iPhone device. It's a great way to stay connected now more than ever. Uh, you can find weekly announcements there. You can find the sermon outlines, and we have that even posted today that you can follow along the sermon outline and fill in the blanks. You can email those to friends who couldn't be a part of the broadcast. You can go back and listen to old messages. We've got all kinds of messages archived there that you can go back and listen to and study. You can find a list of sermon questions, uh, even this weekend's uh, message to go further with individually. Uh, if you're looking for a family devotional around your dinner table tonight or throughout the week, you can go further with this message. So just want to encourage you to get the app and explore all the different ways that you can connect and, and, and continue to get information about our church. Let's start our time this morning as we come into God's word with prayer. Would you pray with me together? Father, your name is a strong tower. We're reminded of that in the scriptures in Proverbs 18.10, that your name is a strong tower to which the righteous run and are safe. And so I pray for each of my brothers and sisters as we're scattered all throughout the city today. I pray that you would be lifted up and that we would look to you and your name as a strong tower for us. We run to you today, Jesus. In a world that is chaotic and is changing, we look to you, the one who never changes, who is the same yesterday, today, and indeed forever. We recognize in this world that there's pain and there's uncertainty because the world is not operating in the way that you intended for it to. It, it groans, all of creation groans with pains of sin and brokenness. But we trust today and we look to you, Jesus, the one who said that you are making all things new. The one who said that you are preparing for us a new city. And so in this meantime, we pray and we watch and we wait and we look to you. And we pray your words today together. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray all this in Christ's name together. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Baron de Rothschild asked an artist to paint his portrait. He was a wealthy financier and he wanted to pose in an interesting way. He wanted to uh, be painted as a beggar. And so he dressed the part and had a, a little tin cup and, and set multiple times to be painted in this way by an artist. During one of those uh, sessions, one of the artist's friends came and didn't recognize Rothschild. He thought he was a beggar, and so he placed a, a coin in his tin cup. Ten years later, uh, a check came to that friend that placed the coin in the cup, and it had a note enclosed along with the check. 
simply read this. You gave me a coin many years ago. I invested it. Here are the returns. We have no idea, especially now, more than ever, we have no idea what Jesus can do with the small and meager investments, the offerings that we give, place it into his his hands. We have no idea how he can multiply them and use them for his kingdom and his goodness and grace. Now more than ever, New City, we have an opportunity to live out our purpose, to be a community of Christ followers, bringing gospel renewal to our city and to our world. The church is not a building. We, we know that and we say that, but again, now more than ever in this season, we have to live it. The church isn't about our campuses. And in fact, in this time where we can't gather together, we're reminded that the church is not a building and the church has indeed left the building and has been scattered all throughout the city and around the country and world. So right where you are today in your neighborhoods, with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers, with your neighbors, we're called to live out our purpose. Jesus says that we're salt But if salt doesn't come out of the salt shaker, it can't have any usefulness. So we we have to be shaken, we have to be stirred, we have to be sent out into the world to live our mission. So New City family, God willing, right, God willing, we trust that we're going to be able to gather together again across our campuses. We will be together again to worship and we look forward to that day, don't we? But right now God has us scattered, scattered all throughout the city to live out our purpose together, to be Jesus right where we are. And just like Jesus performed signs all throughout the gospel so that people would believe, because that was the purpose of the miracles and the signs, not the miracles in and of themselves, but that people would place their belief in Jesus, the Son of God, the very Christ. And in the same way, we're meant to perform signs in the name of Jesus and with the power of Jesus so that people might believe. So right where you are, I want to encourage you to be Jesus to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors now more than ever. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, we're the the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. So, So let's let our light, let's let our good works shine before people so that they can they can see them and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. You know, we, we stand in this time on the, the shoulders of sisters and brothers in the church that have come before us that have walked through all kinds of different crises, all kinds of different things. Brothers and sisters who have pointed to Jesus during dark times of, of sickness and, and desperation and opposition, of poverty and all kinds of hurt and pain. In fact, there was one sickness in the Roman Empire very early on that the, the early church was able to shine in such a unique way. They were, they were caring for people that, that others wouldn't care for. They were taking people in. They were, they were meeting needs in the community. And the Romans took notice of the early church and they said, who are these people? Who are these people that are loving and serving and giving and sharing during this dark time? And the gospel exploded. The church exploded through crisis. 
And so it's my prayer, and I know it's your prayer too, that in this crisis, in this darkness, in, in, in this brokenness of the world, that we would point people to Jesus. And that now more than ever, we would live out our purpose to bring gospel renewal, to be light, to be salt, to be a city, new city, pointing to Jesus, the only true hope of the world. You know, the reality is that we, all of us together, right? Everybody watch this. All of us together, young and old, for the rest of our lives, we're going to talk about this moment. We're going to talk about this crisis. We're going to tell stories and remember it for the rest of our lives. Let's make sure, let's make sure that when we tell those stories, that we, when we remember that we're able to tell stories and remember the goodness of God and how God showed up in our lives and worked in us first and foremost, how we grew closer to Jesus, how we, we trusted him more like we never have in our desperation, that, that, we, that we learned how to look to him in our uncertainty and our anxiety and our confusion, but also, but also that we tell stories and we remember how God worked through us, how he invited us into his gospel work and miracle because that's what Jesus has always been doing. And as we continue our series today, The Miraculous Seven, we're going to see in this fourth sign how Jesus invited his disciples and each of us into his miracle, just like he's always been doing. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, I want to invite you to open with me today. Let's open up God's word. Look to his truth today. Open up to John chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 15. Again, the text and the outline are already preloaded on the app if you want to follow along there. John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. This is the word of God to each of you today. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain. And there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Verse 5. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he said this to test him for he knew what he wanted to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of these to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. Listen to these words. But what are they for so many? Verse 10. Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and they filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Verse 15. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. May God bless his word to you today. 
This is, of course, the fourth sign, the fourth major sign that John records in his gospel. And it's known, of course, as the feeding of the 5,000. Let me start with just a little bit of context because it wasn't just 5,000. There are 5,000 men that are mentioned here that were seated on the grass. But it also included their wives, their children. And so many commentators believe that this was upwards of 20,000 people that Jesus fed this day. 20,000 people. That's the size of the Hornets Arena uptown. That's the size of even some of the Panthers game this last season. It's a bad joke, but it'll get better. It's going to get better. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people to feed. An incredible miracle taking place. This is the only miracle. It's the only sign that's recorded in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, the first two words, look, look at, uh, again, chapter 6, verse 1. The first two words of this fourth sign are after this, after this. So John's describing some time that's taken place between chapter 5 and chapter 5, or chapter 6, the events of chapter 5 and the events here of chapter 6. And most commentators believe that it was somewhere around six months have passed. This is the second Passover, if you look at verse 4. This is the second Passover that's mentioned in the Gospel of John. So it gives us a little bit of context for the time that has passed. And again, this fourth sign, as we look at it, and Jesus inviting his disciples to participate, inviting us to participate in the miracle. When we look at the scope and we read this, and I would encourage you to go and read our text again, it's really focused on the disciples. And, and how Jesus was teaching his disciples as he was performing these signs and miracles. And so as God works through our hands, we're the ones as followers of Jesus that, that really the work is equally being done, and if not more. As God works in and through us, he's also working to grow our faith. And that's what we see happening here for the disciples. So, so how specifically, let's spend the rest of our time this way in the text. How specifically did, did Jesus invite his disciples? How does he invite each of us into the miraculous? How does he invite us into the miracle of the gospel even today? How, how did he invite his disciples to participate in this fourth sign, the feeding of the 5,000? Well, let's, let's walk through the text together because there's a couple of different ways that, that Jesus did this. In fact, if you're taking notes, and I hope you will, you can do that on the app. Or if you're taking notes uh, and you're writing those down, write down these four ways that Jesus invites his disciples and he invites each of us today to participate in the miracle, to be a part of it. And here's the first one, to see the person and not the problem. To see the person and not the problem. And if we look specifically at John 6, verses 5 through 7, the, the miracle really begins with the crowd coming towards Jesus They've, they've already heard about the signs that he's performed. Some of these 20,000 people may have even seen some of these signs that Jesus has performed. And so they're following after him, the miracle worker. Some of these people may have placed their belief and their trust in Jesus as the Son of God, the Christ. Some of them were just looking for another miracle. But here comes, think about this, 20,000 people towards Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus, the scripture says, lifts up his eyes and he sees them and he asks a question, doesn't he? He says, how are we going to feed these people? Where can we find the money and the place to feed these people? And he asked Philip that question. And how does Philip respond? Philip says, eight months worth of wages, right? 200 denarii couldn't feed these people even a little bit. In other words, Philip, when he sees the crowd and he's asked the question by Jesus, what can we do for these people? He sees 
the problem, right? He sees uh, the, the, the huge problem that stands between where they are and what Jesus wants to do. And for many of us, unfortunately, when we see people, we just see all their problems. We see all their needs. We see the gap between the miraculous and reality. And we don't know how that's going to be met. This is Jesus, right, is speaking to Philip. Philip, the same one of the disciples who saw water turn to wine in John chapter 2. The, the, the same Philip that, that heard about or even witnessed the words that, that Jesus spoke to the official when he healed his son in Capernaum. Uh, the, 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 the same Philip and Jesus, right, that, that, that saw the man healed at the pool at Bethesda. In other words, Philip has seen Jesus perform the miraculous before. He's seen him fill that gap between uh, what God wants to do and reality. And, and, and yet in this moment, he chooses to see the problem and not God's plan. And far often, many of us do as well. If we, if we want to participate in the miracle, if we want to be invited into the miracle of the gospel, even today, right where we are, We've got to learn to see the person and the people around us and not just the problems. People are never problems. People are not problems. People have problems. All of us have problems. But we are not a problem to God. And people should not be problems to to God's people. Our, Our perspective on people should not be defined by their many needs, their wants, their desires. And, and, and some of the other narratives of this same sign. Remember, this, this miracle is found in all four Gospels. It's the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels. And in some of the other renderings, the word compassion is used. That when Jesus saw the crowds, when he saw the people, he had compassion upon them. The disciples had pity, right? They've got needs. They've got problems. We need to send them away. Jesus had compassion. And compassion always moves us towards people. Pity sends people away. Someone should do something about this. Compassion moves towards them and says, how can I be a part of the miracle? If I see the need, everyone listen to this. If I can see the need, I'm probably called to help meet the need. In the name of Jesus, in the power of Jesus, I'm called to be a part of the miracle and the solution to that need. When we see the needs around us, we're not meant to to define other people by their problems. We're meant to see them as people who are loved by God, and we want to participate in the miracle towards them. C.S. Lewis said, do we see people, this is great, again, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and he saw this crowd, when Philip lifts up his eyes, all the disciples, all of us uh, lift up our eyes, even in this moment in our world, and see all the problems and needs, do we see the potential for God's plan and miracle? C.S. Lewis said, do we see people as they once were, as we once were before we met Jesus? In other words, are we able to have compassion on people and see them for, their, for, for, for who they are as people loved by God, people that God longs to do a work in? Do we see people as we once were before we met Jesus? Here's the second thing. Okay, if we want to be a part of the miracle, as Jesus invites us into the miraculous of his gospel, we've got, to, we've got to, first of all, we've got to see the person and not the problem. But here's the second one. Look at the scriptures with me. We've got to put what we have into the hands of Jesus. Look at verses 8 through 10, specifically in John 6. And the feeding of the 5,000, what do they have? They've got five barley loaves and two fish from a young boy. That's all they have. But what they have, they place into the hands of Jesus, the great miracle worker. And we're called to do the same. 
What are they for so many, Andrew says in verse 9. What we have for so many, what is this? It's such a meager offering. What could you possibly do with what I have, God? But listen to this, beloved. What we have placed in the hands of Jesus is always enough. What you have to give placed in the hands of the miracle worker is always enough. I think one of the interesting details that, re- that is recorded in John chapter 6 about this miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, is the fact that what they had were specifically barley loaves, five barley loaves. And you say, Chris, what does that have to do with anything? Barley was a poor man's bread in the first century. Wheat was an affluent man's bread. So what do we learn about this crowd of people? We learn that they were poor, that they had a lot of needs. And yet what they have, the five loaves and the two fish, they place into the hands of Jesus and we're called to do the same. To put what we have, your gifts, your intellect, your finances, whatever you have to give to the furtherance of the kingdom of God, the miracle of the gospel, we place into the hands of Jesus. And we do that even today. Remember what Mary said to the servants in our very first sign in John chapter 2? She simply said, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you to do. And I would offer the same to each of us, New City, today, even in this moment, in this time in our world, to do whatever Jesus is asking you to do. And to place all that we have into his hands, the great miracle worker. And again, another interesting detail recorded in John chapter 6 is that Jesus had them seated on the ground. And in, in different narratives, he puts them in, uh, Matthew's gospel tells us that he puts them in groups of 50 and 100 seated on the grass. And, and, and it's interesting to, to, to see the detail that Jesus instructs his disciples with. He, he, he uh, basically says, you got to trust me on this. you got to be obedient to what I'm telling you. And don't, you know, let's put ourselves in the, in the, the shoes of the disciples for a moment. They're looking at these 20,000 people. They've got five loaves and two fish. And now Jesus says, I want you to just organize everybody into 50s and 100 and have them be seated. And they've got to be thinking, why? Why are we not sending these people away before it starts to get dark? Why are we not? That, this makes no sense. But, but, but here's an important teaching for each of us and for the disciples. Something that Jesus wanted to teach his disciples. And again, most of these miracles, yes, it, it encouraged people. Yes, it healed people. But it was also to encourage and build up and disciple the followers of Jesus, each of us. And here's the, the simple truth that I think Jesus wanted to teach his disciples and each of us. One of the many truths is that obedience precedes understanding. Oftentimes, obedience, our obedience precedes our understanding of the miracle. That Jesus asked us to do something. And it may not even make sense in the moment. But our obedience to do whatever he tells you to do, it precedes oftentimes our understanding of why we're called to do those specific things. So some of you may be in a place right now where God's asking you to do something and it doesn't make sense to you. And again, what I would say to you is just do whatever he tells you to do. Do the next godly thing that God's asking you to do. Don't worry so much about your understanding. Worry about your obedience, following Jesus, whatever it takes. Obedience precedes understanding. And obedience may not always make sense again in the moment or even on this side of eternity. I think the the number one word that's going to be spoken when we get to heaven is, oh. Oh. 
when I can look back and see all the ways that God was working through all the different seasons, the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns, the uncertainties, all the different things on this side of eternity in this broken world, I'll go, oh, now I understand. Obedience precedes understanding. How did Jesus invite his disciples into this fourth sign? How does he invite us into the miracle of the gospel today? we got to see the person and not the problem. we got to put what we have into the hands of Jesus. And then here's the third thing. Remember I said there's four. The third thing, we give what we receive from Jesus into the hands of other people. Follow along in the scripture. Look at verse 11, John chapter 6. Give what Jesus has multiplied and put it in the hands of people. So we put what we have into the hands of Jesus, and then as Jesus multiplies, multiplies it and blesses it, we, we take it and we put it in the hands of other people around us. And, and Matthew's gospel, his rendering of this story, Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish and he gives thanks for it. And thanksgiving always precedes the miraculous, by the way. Eucharistio always precedes the miraculous. Giving thanks, he breaks it and then he gives it to the disciples. It was through their hands specifically that the miracle took place. And this is so important to see. That just like God provided manna in the desert in Numbers chapter 11, he provides food on a, on a, in the countryside and, and at the Sea of Galilee. It was through the disciples' hands that the blessing actually came to the people. And again, this is so important to see because it's through our hands today that God wants to bless and do miracles for other people, to see the gospel, to see Jesus for who he really is. Let's all do this for just a moment, wherever we're gathered today. If you're able, just take your hands and, and, and look at them for a moment. And realize right in this moment, as you look at your hands, that these are the very instruments that God wants to do a miracle through. These aren't just hands, they're instruments of the miraculous. And amazingly in this fourth sign, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus allows the miracle to be distributed through the disciples' hands. And he does the same for each of us today. We give what we receive from Jesus and we put it in the hands of other people. Lost people. People who have needs. People who are left out. God scatters us all around this city and world so that our hands, our feet, our mouths can be his instruments of grace and mercy to others. Here's the fourth way that Jesus invites his disciples in this story and for each of us into his story of the miraculous. We celebrate the leftovers. I love this. Look at verses 12 through 15, John chapter 6. After the miracle takes place, after people have eaten their fill, Jesus tells his disciples to go and collect the leftovers. And so they go and they collect the leftovers from among all the people, 20,000 people on the hillside there in Galilee, at the Sea of Galilee. And how many baskets full of leftovers are there? Remind me. Look at the text. Twelve. And, and how many disciples are there? How, ma how many disciples were, were the, the, the five loaves and the two fish distributed to all the people? How, how, how many disciples were there that went and distributed the miracle and were a part of it? Twelve. 
Do you think that was a coincidence? You know, the old adage, coincidences are God's way of staying anonymous. This wasn't a coincidence. There are 12 basketfuls, 12 basketfuls of, of leftovers, and it was meant to be a display of grace to the disciples, to, to show the abundance of the miracle, that nothing would be wasted, as Jesus said, that every part of the miracle would be used, that there would be an overflow, just like there was water to wine of 900 bottles full, an, an abundance to show the grace and the mercy and the power of God, and the same is true in this miracle today. Paul said in Romans 5, verse 20, where sin increased, where our sin increased, grace abounded all the more. In other words, our sin could never outstretch, our sin could never outweigh the grace and the love and the power of God. And we see that on display in this very miracle, that God's grace, that his power, that his mercy is enough, that there's an abundance. And there's nothing like the miraculous of God. There's nothing like the miracle of the gospel and being part of that. And that's the bottom line today, that Jesus invites us to be part of the miracle. We don't just watch the miracles happen. We get to participate in it. Our hands, our feet, our mouths, we get to be a part of the miracle ourselves. And we do that, first of all, New City, by seeing the person, not the problem, right? Let's go back to the text. Jesus invites us to be part of the miracle by seeing the person and not the problem, by, by putting what we have into his hands, but by giving what we receive into the hands of other people, and then finally by celebrating his abundance, the leftovers, nothing wasted in the miracle. To him alone, Jesus, to him alone be the glory and honor today. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word, your word that never returns void. In a world that is constantly changing right now, we know that your word stands firm forever. Thank you for that. Thank you for feeding us and encouraging us, correcting us, equipping us from your word today. So would you bless us, Father? Would you, would you break us as you broke the bread and the fish? And would you give us a way to a, to a hungry world that is longing for encouragement, for hope, for purpose, for mercy, and for love? We look to you today, Jesus, the great miracle worker. And we ask humbly to be a part of the miracle that you're doing, even in this moment, especially in this moment. Would you give us wisdom, each of us wisdom today, to know what you're speaking to us from your word? And would you now also give us faith to go and to obey? And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. I want to encourage you to go further with this message. Go and read the text again. And go and find the sermon questions on our website or on the app. And go further individually or as a family or as a group. I want to invite you when we finish today to, to stay on the broadcast for just an extra minute or two as we scroll through the announcements and again stay connected with all that's happening here at New City. Let's finish this way. Would you extend your hands wherever you might be? Would you extend your hands today? 
and let's celebrate a benediction together, New City family, as we finish our broadcast. Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord today and always fill you with his grace and his mercy and his peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. We love you, New City.